1: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Boomer and Redcast Rob.
2: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky.
3: Please, no more Randy Gregory lighting it up on Denver Jokes, people. Uh, It's been eight hours. I can't take any (laughs) more.
2: I'm also with Redcast Rob.
4: Well, I'd like to officially announce that after my retirement from podcasting last week, I've spent the entire week with my wife and kids and decided I'm back.
2: Good. good All right. All right. And also with Boomer.
0: Well, we're here to announce uh, my picks for the final four this year. Uh, I've got Brisbane, Melbourne, Port Adelaide, and the Western Bulldogs. And wait, we're not talking AFL? (laughs) What the hell am I doing here? Son
2: of a... Carlton, man. I mean, come on. Um... All right. Uh, Well, Hunk, uh, we got an exciting show for us uh, tonight. You want to give us the rundown? Yeah.
3: Well, first, just a preview for next week. Uh, Remember, mark your calendars. Wednesday, 23rd at 830, we're going to have Tyler Kai, the Associate Athletic Director for Leadership Gifts and Capital Projects on. And then, uh, Rob, uh, of course, as usual, our promo code. You're on mute, Rob doesn't matter promo code redcast go to hillmarsie.com slash subscribe <laughs> all right we, we are smooth i muted myself all righty so that, without that further ado everyone happens. without <laughs> further ado our special guest
2: today we have a smooth conversation with a cool cat from the lincoln journal star so find a mixologist or you something of chemistry because it's time to take a hip sip with steven simple
3: so fellas uh we have another c-towner columbus guy joining us tonight uh, dave he's a fellow columbus high alum discoverer with you and uh Caster, you all know him from his many years covering husker sports with the lincoln journal star his many appearances on big red wrap-up and his morning show with uh, early break and sip of jake on 93.7 the ticket we welcome back to the Redcast again, Stephen M. Sippel. How are you doing, Sip?
1: Hi, I Well, I'm doing fine. It's great to be with you guys. I'm really interested in your thoughts tonight. Uh, yeah. I'm always interested in doing these things. Um, well, so uh, I'll just be interested to hear what's on your minds.
3: <laughs> well, uh, we're also interested in knowing what's on everyone else's mind, too. So Redcasters that are tuning in through Twitter and Facebook and YouTube right now, uh, make sure you know. Send us in your questions, your comments. Boomer's going to be going through those, and uh, you know we'll try to get some of those questions asked, and uh, you know we can we can kind of go from there. But let's start off with what we do each week right now, guys, and that's tweets of the week. And sip, we've yes. got three of yours here, and they, they kind of they go across all of the uh, the game. here, it's it's football, it's basketball, and it's baseball going on right now. Um, we had a football one with you here uh quarterback seven yeah this is on march 13th uh no shortage of intriguing topics in nebraska spring camp very interesting period in a proud program's history enjoy and it was an article that you had on on uh some of thompson's reasons for choosing the huskers and we're going to talk a little bit about nil and quarterbacks and then a little bit later here we'll talk some basketball and you had a a tweet on on hoiberg and and you've been a little critical at them times it'll be interesting (coughs) to kind of get your your take on that and then also baseball's going on and and we've just won yesterday and it looks like we're going to win again tonight. So maybe we're going to start to get on a, on a winning streak here, but a combination of the three, let's start with the football side. And let's start with, uh, let's start with, I think you had a really good conversation that was on the sip and Sam podcast. And we were talking about at that time, kind of NIL and and how recruiting and how things have changed. And you had a great quote. You, You said in this, in this world now, we're basically handing guys jobs. And it was talking about, not in a negative way. It was just that we're talking about we're bringing in guys now, and Thompson is the quarterback. And I don't know if it's the competition or not, but but NIL is playing a role in that. He's the new quarterback. He's he's pretty much looks like he's the starter. So, did we hand that job to Casey? Is he clearly the best QB? I, I want to kind of get your thoughts on on that. Let's start with that as we're in the spring ball.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, I, it's hard to frame it up except. I would just say this. It definitely has the feel that he's the number one. They've they've sort of I mean, he's taken one reps. We're just in this sort of different world now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, He is the most experienced guy um, in the quarterback room. He's also happens to be the most charismatic guy. He's also happens to be the only guy who's making six figures in NIL money. He's the best uh, paid. Yeah. Yeah. He's the <laughs> most highly paid. Right. But there's a the deal. I mean, I know I, I, and I always gotta be careful. You guys are younger guys and I, and I got to, um, I, I don't like to feel old all the time. I've all, I come from, you know, I covered the team in the hell late eighties. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like this, you know, you kind of had to win the job. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I now but, but I would say this, if Kate, let's say Casey Thompson, in the event, he had five straight bad practices. OK, it, it, that wouldn't necessarily be his job at that point. They'd start, you know, Logan Smothers could assert himself in that situation. Heinrich Harburg might be able to assert himself in that situation or when Chuba Purdy is healthy, which I think he'll be back. He'll be back. Um, kind of full go on March 22nd when they get back from spring break. So in that sense, he hasn't been given the job, but, you know, he's, it's probably his to lose is what what it comes down to.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, we're a little old school here, too. We had our own tweet, and last week we did a poll, and it was asking about should the uh, Husker quarterbacks, you know, should they have the green jersey on or off? And shockingly, that, that created a decent amount of feedback from some people. And from my perspective, you know, I'm, I'm the old school guy. I'm like, you, you, you don't have a green Jersey on your, if you're competing for that spot, you know, you're going to all, all, uh, be wearing it until you at least get a winner. Now that's not going to happen. I'm I'm positive with Thompson. I mean, I'm sure he's the starter. And again, I have no problem with that, but I do think that, especially at that backup spot, I mean, there needs to be a competition. Like we're always one play away from who that next guy's up.
1: Right. I want, I don't know what they'll do with the green Jersey. Um, you saw when Casey was at the podium on Wednesday; he had his green jersey on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems like we've just trended toward a world in college football where it's just more—they just don't get hit very much, you know. Are, um, are
2: we aware of any other college football program that still, you know, has full contact practices with their quarterbacks getting hit? No, my David,
1: my scope's really limited. It, I've covered one program for twenty plus
2: years.
4: So, Nebraska. Yeah. Well,
1: it, I mean, it's. I mean, I do tell the other guys sometimes. You know, we get so locked in on Nebraska, we get sort of myopic. We know all their strengths, all their weaknesses. We know all about the way they go about things, um, but it would be nice to go around and see in this mm-hmm. world, how, how other guy how other programs do it, but I don't really have that opportunity.
3: Yeah. I, I've I, don't read up. Where,
1: I don't know who's hitting a lot and who's not.
3: Yeah. And the thing is you're hitting when you need to hit and not, not just to hit. Right. I mean, there's a point, if you have a starting quarterback, that's clear as day. And this was, this came back to the competition part. If it's, if the competition's over for the starting spot, then I, I wouldn't keep hitting the starter. If the competition's going on for number two and three, that's where you get some hits, especially when guys are young, you got to you got to prove it somewhere i mean i I've, I've read about nick saban hitting you know jalen hurts and and not nick saban personally but you know <laughs> having in practice having hits on hurts and tua back in the day when they were practicing that way and i i know i'll say that and people will go yeah well that's bama and you know when you have five star be, behind five star behind five star but shockingly right now we we actually have a little bit of depth and yeah. and you know now chuba's hurt and everything i get it but the point is guys get guys get hit in football you know and i just I'm old school that way. Right. But let's talk NIL. Let's talk transfer portal, the things that have changed in college football. And as old school as I am, I'm a huge believer that, I mean, you've got to, we've got to win the things that we can win and control, you know, and this, these seem to be the new things that are changing college football. So Mm -hmm. whereas 30 years ago it was, we were, you know, at the forefront of strength and conditioning, the forefront of nutrition, the forefront of Husker vision and using technology today, it's NIL and it's transfer portal. You guys had a great discussion today on the radio this morning, Sip, about NIL. Let's mm-hmm. start there and kind of get your your thoughts on on NIL, how that's being used. We saw the bars or the uh, bussing with the boys interviews this week, and and there is some right. money being spent here. Um, you know, where can Nebraska make its hay, and and can we really make, become a differentiator in that world? Yeah, they
1: can. I mean, they are. And what's I mean, what the stock answer I give to that question or this to start the conversation is. Nebraska's NIL operation, and I say this with great confidence. In fact, I've told uh, Jared Lambrick, who's the head of ABM, which is Athletes Branding and Marketing, which is Nebraska's NIL collective. I've told him what I say, and he's, he's fine with it. I say Nebraska's extremely well-structured, um, well-organized, and well healed. I mean, Nebraska's, I would say, quietly – sort of um, probably gained an advantage, and it's kind of Nebraska's style to to keep it quiet, certainly Jared's style. I do think in coming weeks we'll hear more about it. I think he's ready to do that. Um, but Nebraska's in in great shape. I mean, I, there there's a lot of uh, – Sponsors, we'll call them. Um, if you go into ABM ABM office, for instance, <clears throat> there's a board that has them on it. It's it's very prominent banking institutions in Nebraska. People you'd recognize uh, that are helping, and there's a there's a lot of money involved. So, um, it's it's I know it's kind of a strange conversation because it's been quiet now. Parker Gabriel did did write a extensive NIL NIL article a few weeks ago or a couple months ago. But it's hard to um get a lot of facts because you know, Jared's not gonna lay it all out. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's people's money and so it's naturally sort of awkward. But did you guys Howard- hear what did you
3: guys hear what Casey said? About the just the the straight figures the, that they can be yeah, over he, six Casey figures said, and everything
1: up. Yeah, now this, is, this, this was um, – I thought it was important. I thought those guys, uh, Will Compton and, and Luan, did a good job of pulling some information out of Casey. that was, that was relevant, and people, I think, they need to know. So he, Casey said there's 17 or 18 football players that have vehicles, for instance, now. Okay, that's – I don't know that everybody knows that, but they're not driving around – and they're driving around. But they're, you know, what you'd expect. They're big pickups. They're SUVs. Um, They're not. It's they're they're it's serious. Um, For instance, Casey has a place to stay free. Um, The volleyball players, I know. Well, I don't know that every single one of them, but probably close. They they stay in luxury apartments, real nice apartments. It's a great Mm -hmm. for free. I mean, it's a great it's a great selling point. Um, I know, for instance, that that middle blocker from Penn state that, uh, that John, John landed her last stop before she left Lincoln was at ABM. I mean that, you know, and I think that, that really helped, you know, um, Casey said there's about Casey Thompson said there's about 70 or 80 student athletes at Nebraska across all sports that haven't, you know, that have an apartment free, a car. Uh, deal as part of their nil deal there's all different ways that you can structure these things and i get piece, kind of piecemeal information basically i mean like an, an, an example is as part of an nil deal a guy will be required to make it so many appearances in a month and you know that they're, they're lucrative i mean it's good money um and Casey said if you're a starter at Nebraska on the football team you can make over six figures now i'd say that's a bit of a stretch um but i think there's a lot of them that would have that a lot of those guys that would have that opportunity but that's some of the stuff that Casey said and of course he had the humble brag which was i thought was interesting when he said uh i don't go out of my way to do all this stuff it just comes to me
4: yeah. Well, <laughs> um, we're, we're so the same way has- on the red cast, right. <laughs> Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> Casey is a very Casey's very charismatic, and he has a good deal. I know where his his apartment is. I know the links. He kind of went to set it up the way he once wanted it, and he's a pretty. He's a little. He's you know he can be a little demanding.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, so do you I think that question. kind of money that they put out there puts any pressure on coaches to make sure a player like Casey Thompson starts plays? maybe gets more chances than a, than another quarterback does. I know they're not supposed to have contact that, you know, with the, with the sponsors and all that, but, and it's early in the whole NIL process. It is.
1: That's the thing, Boomer. I mean, it's started in July. Um. I, I don't think so. I don't, I, I really don't. And you know what, you know, we like to have, like answers that cover a lot of different people, but all coaches are a little different, you know, with frost, I bet it has little to no impact. In yeah. fact, frost probably doesn't, uh, I don't want to say he doesn't know what, you know, what kind of deals his guys have, but I, he probably knows by bet he's not overly interested in it. Um, and no, I don't think Scott's the type of guy that would, that would let that inf- influence him. I think it's a, it could be complicated in other ways, but not in that way.
2: So hey, sip, um, um, I was listening to your radio show this morning. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy, enjoy, uh Jake and sip there. And um, thank you, David. It's a little short. You guys should go longer than two hours. You know? <laughs> two hours seems fine to me. Dave. Thanks, <laughs> but uh, you know, Jake is like the grumpiest, uh, you know, <laughs> young menial. guy. I love that guy, but man, I mean, and today he actually found a negative take on NIL. He was like saying like, what if they're just playing for the money not to win? And I'm like, I think, I think, I think you had a good answer in the sense of like, it has to be like more relative. It's like, I mean, everybody's doing these NIL deals. So whether that's a a big 10 opponent or an SEC school or whatever, I mean, like all these players are going to get nil deals elsewhere so i mean i i I just think it's really interesting everybody's trying to tear apart the nil thing but it's so early to boomer's point that we need to let this play out a little bit and um Mm -hmm. hopefully you know we're gonna hopefully be the experts at it right has an advantage
3: you know, Dave, it, players need to play for the love of the game, like SMU back in the early '80s. That's right. I mean, it's, this Absolutely. is the purity of football.
2: <laughs> Marcus Dupree football. just just old loved school, to play the game. Old, <laughs>
3: old school guys would tell you—that's what football's all about, not about this nil stuff. Rob, you wanted you got it. You got it.
4: Okay, so to that point, though, too, Dave, is it? I think that you're gonna find a Find out too that it's going to be much like professional sports, right? Because the, I mean. Typically speaking here, if they're getting paid to do it, they're professionals, right? I mean, that's that's the the short of it, whether people want to say they're that or not.
2: The, the, the performance, it's not performance-based, though. So it's not
4: performance-based. You're right. It's not. But they're still getting paid to be where they're at. And if inevitably, eventually, there's probably going to be some players that maybe they're finding out that, you know, okay, I, they came somewhere because they knew they could make more money. But if they want to play further outside of college – then they better be playing pretty darn well and not be, you know, lagging in order to, to do that. Especially if it's a player, because most of the players that are getting nil money are players that maybe these companies see they might have an advantage to partner with further down the road when they become professionals, right?
3: Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. here's the question.
4: Here's the question I had for you, Sip, though, and and this is this is something that I, I think about and we've talked about on the RedCast is how do you think nil is going to affect things like. Bryce McGowan's coming back next year. Right. From not no. to switch to, to, but like, how much is that going to affect it? Like maybe he says, you know what, because like I don't see him being anything more than like a later first round, second round pick. Right. And that, that's my opinion. And, and I can, and, and I'm allowed to that. Dave doesn't necessarily agree, but you know, it's Rob's awesome wrong with...
2: all the time. Sip, so Actually I'm, I'm right. Us, I'm right
4: more often than not. But that being said, A lot of those guys end up spending time in the G League because because they're they if you're drafted that late in in the basketball draft, you're being drafted by a team like the Warriors, you're being drafted like by a team like the Nuggets, somewhere like that, because it's later in the rounds. Those are the teams that made it deepest into the playoffs. And so, you know, while while they mean maybe they don't want to spend all their time in the G League, right, for the first couple of years that they're over in Europe, um, You know, basically ending up like a you know Nico Nico Mannion, right? Who's now playing in Europe. He's on the Warriors. He was perfectly fine last year. He was putting up some pretty good numbers in in the league, but now he's playing over in Europe because you know. So the question, Rob. (laughs) So the question, no, the question is, is like, do you think that's going to affect it?
1: Oh, it can affect. Yeah, I mean, it's again, we're in a case by case situation now with Bryce McGowan's. I don't think that his Nil package, now, I don't pretend to know exactly what it is, but I have i've I've had enough people I talk to that it wouldn't, I mean what he was making. It sounds so weird to say what he was making, but his pack, the Nil package he had this year wouldn't draw him back and, and maybe they could enhance it. I don't know, I don't know what they interestingly, the basketball, the men's basketball team is the one. Mm-hmm team that doesn't work a lot with ABM um, huh. it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to get into all that, but the, the, I would say this. So case by case basis. So Felderius Payne, I know, you know, he initially, he went into the portal, Feldarius went into the portal and then he got an NIL deal and, and went, went back on the team. And then for whatever reason, went back in the portal, but he was drawn back in part by an NIL deal. So yeah, that's an example of where it can, it can, it can definitely
2: have that effect. Rob's Rob's question sip actually goes back to like, I think it was right when doc Sadler was on the hot seat and I, I can't, one of the Hawks, I believe did a full page ad right in one of the papers. Yeah, yeah, and Howard made Hawk's the case son. that we needed to invest in yeah. Nebraska basketball. Howard Hawks' um, son did that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And he was making the case that like we need to spend more money on Nebraska basketball. And so when we had this conversation a couple weeks ago, kind of like the theory was is like, well, I mean, you could see one of those boosters saying like, you know, boy, just to get us over the hump, to get Fred over the hump, if if you could pay Bryce an NIL worth a million bucks. One point five million to keep him in Trey back for one more year. That could be a game changer for the program. Suddenly, you have an All Big Ten player and Bryce McGowan's back. You know, so will there ever be a moment where there's a booster that's willing to step up to that level and and to keep someone like Bryce McGowan's here?
1: Uh, I mean,
2: I don't. I've never heard of anything that dramatic,
1: um, but there are. I mean, Nebraska does have boosters that are certainly capable of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, you know, the people that are heavily involved in this, and I'm going to say the last I saw, um, on that board was a dozen, a dozen very, and I'm not going to get into the entities, um, but they're known entities in Nebraska, very, very common names that you would recognize. I mentioned one of the banking institutions, um, would an, would an individual step up to that level? It, it's conceivable. Um, there's a lot of money involved in this, and again, I as I said when I started off, I when I say well organized, well structured, and well healed, I mean it. I mean it's and and I would say, Dave, you said something earlier that everybody has these things in place. It's not true. They not everybody mm-hmm. does. Um, Nebraska is ahead of the game um, compared to a lot of places. Not all places, but you heard Casey. I mean, Casey said at Texas. Yeah last year that the only three football players that had Nil deals were Bijan Robinson himself and a, and one of their better defenders so it was not and, and his dad told me um, Charles Thompson told me that he was surprised how 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 many student athletes at Nebraska benefit compared to Texas. I would tell you that Wisconsin's not. They don't have any kind
3: of structure. They've, they've struggled, from what I've heard, to, just to yeah. even get any. Of that no, they have, I
1: mean, as of a few weeks ago, they had virtually no structure in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nebraska, again, Nebraska's—it's just quietly done this, but its it is mm-hmm. its a formidable operation. Well, and having and open doors.
3: Could, yeah, go ahead. Open yeah, doors. Yeah, having now. open doors located right down here too. I mean, I know been, they didn't—they were prepping for this, you know, a year in advance, at least of the actual turn on date of of NIL, which is what last sometime last summer, August 1st, July 1st, I, I have one last question on this, and we can move on to maybe some of the changes that have happened over the off season. Just kind of a fun question, I guess. Think of some former Husker coaches. How do you think they would have handled the NIL like Osborne? You know, so Sip, you know, if this was Osborne, he's the head coach and, and NIL is now legal. How do we, do you see, how do you see him managing something like that?
1: well I'll tell you what the as, I mean I, I hate to just spew cliches all the time but that's about what I'm limited to but the <laughs> the great ones adjust and I think mm-hmm. Tom had to adjust to different things during the course of his 25 year tenure and I think he could adjust to this the way John Cook does I mean I don't know if you've ever seen John Cook's comments John Cook's I think he's 65 you know he's no in, in John's old school okay mm-hmm. But he's adjusted to this world. And 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 he does it if you read his comments somewhat grudgingly. Okay. It's not this is not ideal for John. It and he has said, I mean, I wrote a column about it a few weeks ago. He was on the radio show and he he said it creates significant locker room challenges. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and, and you know, you can you can only imagine he benched you know, Lexi's son who had a huge NIL deal. Now her NIL deal deal was on her own. She, that wasn't an ABM deal. That was, Mm -hmm. you can strike out on your own and do this if you're creative and you have the right connections. So, but John, John goes with it. Hey, it's a big part of Nebraska volleyball. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they, when I say luxury apartments, they're living in beautiful places and they, um, and I'm, I'm not saying it's limited to that. I don't know exactly what what their deals are like. But John, as I said, that Penn State volleyball player um, has an NIL deal. And that's mm-hmm. the, the transfer. And, and I'm sure
3: that's part of the reason she's here. It would have been kind of fun to watch Bo, I think, deal with some of these things. No, it wouldn't be fun. That would <laughs> no. be a trade. wreck. Um, uh, yeah, Bo's Bo,
1: – I don't uh, – yeah, I mean, maybe he didn't. I'd say he would keep it at arm's length like yeah. you know, he could pro- You know what? I I was joking around. A he could probably handle it. Um, I've talked to a lot of coaches about it, and most of them just what they say on the record and what they say off the record don't jibe. I, I mean, they. Yeah. It's it's a it's a challenge to a lot of the guys, especially the like the fifty plus guys like mm-hmm. myself.
3: Nebraska takes the twelve zero lead over in Mexico State. That's good to hear. Uh, before right. we wow, move- that is. That is good. Before we move on, then to I think some of the coaching changes. Boomer, has anything come into the uh, through the questions so far?
0: Uh, yeah, we've had several. Uh, one from loyal listener Richard Fitzwell. Uh, we've kind of addressed this. He'd asked, uh, "Does it with nil? Does it matter if they play as long as they get the publicity or advertising?" And he brings up Quinn Ewers made good nil money, and there was no way he was playing last year at Ohio State.
1: Ah, uh, you know that's a good question. It's so new, Richard. You know, again, it just started July first, mm. um, so it's hard to. It's, yeah, some of that stuff's a little hard to understand right now for me. Uh, how? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, you wonder about that. Could a guy's nil yeah. nil deal get pulled? I don't know. They sign deals. I mean, they're legitimate like contracts. So yeah, it just depends on what that how that
4: contract reads. I mean, I would assume there's if there's some kind of like a you know, behavioral issue. We'll just say you know something something sure, yeah. that doesn't look good for the brand. I'm sure that you know, just like with anybody else, they could pull it right. I mean, you know, they want to vote. Who's they? they? A,
1: I mean, what, is that but, is that Lambrick making a unilateral decision? No, it's it's the, it's a really imperfect. I mean, the, what what I've been critical of, of is college football laying it out too early without
4: parameters. The no, NCA no, did not enough. Pressure. Wait, wait. Are you trying the to NCAA say the NCAA did, did something that that <laughs> they didn't think all the way through? I, thinking, I'm sorry, right. Sip. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't that crazy?
1: I think there's a lot of pressure to do it though, and it just... Now here's the big thing. Here's the like it, you know I've talked to Trev about this stuff at length, Trev Alberts. Um. What's what's really interesting to me is where this is probably going. I mean, there's pending litigation. You'd have to Google it. But I think where it's probably three years away where the where there will be. You know, it'll, it'll be more uniform because the schools will be paying the money. Um, that's I, I don't think we're too, too long from that happening, hmm. too far from that happening. I'd say three or four years then it's going to be it's going to get really strange it's i think it'll be even more strange in some ways because there's there's a school of thought that it could be just football that's paying players mm. and the rest of this the rest of the sports wouldn't um that's one school of thought but what trev's gearing up for is to make i mean he's making a lot of financial decisions within the athletic department right now that are geared toward the eventuality of the school Paying the players, so he, so he's his whole line of thinking is if this comes to pass, which it could, then they better have. I don't know. I'd I'd hate to. I almost hate to put a number on, but I'd say in the forty to fifty million dollar range, ready to roll. um, That's a lot. That's a significant amount of money. Yeah, that not everybody would have either, which creates Mm -hmm. a whole other discussion. How how is a place like UTEP going to
4: handle that? Well, the same way that they've always handled it. I mean, let's, let's be honest, this, this sort of stuff, this isn't the first time that schools have been paying players, they just haven't been quite open about it. I mean, you know, there's, there's a reason why teams like Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan and, you know, they continue to be able to recruit so well. It's just now it's you know the books are the books are open. I guess you could you could technically sort of now. open. So, They're sort yeah. of open, sort of not open, but way. but I mean you know more than they were before. I mean you know are they going to yeah. give are they going to give Reggie Bush's Heisman back? That's what I want to know. You <laughs> know, I yeah. Mean, the
3: key, the key for people to remember is up until this point, until as everything Trev's preparing for until that point, none of this is going through the university. It's all outside of it. Right. you are not getting paid from that. So nil is what you're doing on your own time outside of that and. And it is a, it's a cataclysmic change from what we were doing before. I mean, to your point, they were taking Heisman's away from people, and there was Tattoo Gate for things that are not even close to being illegal yeah. now. And it was a very quick shift. So uh, I'm not defending the old school guys that that you know want to just stay with the, with the old the way it was done before. But this is this is very quick. What was what happened before, and now now it's mm-hmm. allowed. But oh, I think it's it's been so quick that people
1: that I don't I don't know how I don't expect people to fully. Understand. Standard. Yeah, possible, but mm-hmm. I would. I'd want to add one thing. Yeah, the pain the players thing, I get. It's 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 happened a lot, but I'm going to tell you something. At Nebraska, it hasn't happened a lot. Uh, people can talk about, you know, the Irving Friars and Mike Rogers, but I've covered it a long time, and I know guys like, for instance, d'angelo Evans, who was a, a highly recruited running back. He wasn't getting any money. I can tell you that right now. He I remember because our conversations would often be he wanted to go home to Wichita, but I knew what kind of car he drove, and sometimes he just couldn't get back because his car was terrible. He wouldn't be mm-hmm. trusted to make it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't making money. I mean, I know, I know, I knew Jamal Lord very well. He wasn't making any money. Those guys weren't making any money beyond their scholarship. I don't think Will Will Compton talked about it the other day. He'd have four hundred extra bucks after he paid his rent and utilities a month, and that was it. I mean. So I don't, I really push back on that notion that yeah, it's been going on. Nebraska has always been paying players. No, they haven't. I mean, I think there's,
3: there's some cases where they have, but not, I don't think it's widespread. Well, let's talk about some of the changes that have happened in the coaching staff here and and what's going on right now, how that affects what's happening in spring ball offense and everything. Uh, Obviously Whipple new offensive coordinator. We have Joseph here and, and Applewhite and, and you know, as what are we starting to see on the offense and, and listening to you and uh, I think you and Sam were talking yet, you, you know, you were saying some of the things that, you know, we're going under center a little bit more. There's still tempo. Yeah. It's a physical running yeah. game, yet we're throwing the ball a lot. Uh, the yeah. offensive line changes it. Dave and I were talking about this the other night where it's like it seems like we're doing it's like it's all things to everything. Right. I mean, we can pass it great. We can run it great. We can get, do tempo. We can get under center. We can still shotgun it. What is this offense looking like, Sip? I mean, and what have you had a chance to see so far through two weeks?
1: <laughs> well, keep in mind the media frost frost has actually scaled back what we see to nothing at this point. So it's just what we hear, and yeah. then random. I, you know, I get some guys that go to practice will send me occasional video. Um, so it's it's limited to that. I think the big thing you touched on was they're under center now, which I think mm-hmm. is a is a huge. Development and, and I don't know how often they're understanding, but it's an, it's enough that it, the, the kids have mentioned it as a significant change. Um, yeah, you mentioned tempo. They're you know they're moving fast. Casey the, the other day termed it as an aggressive passing attack, um, and I know that 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 like I know some people get uncomfortable with that, but there's a couple ways I alleviate my concerns that way. Three ways. First of all, they're under center and the way Whipple, the way Whipple described why told me about all I need to know. I mean, a lot of it's it helps the run game. The the running back has a broader spectrum um, as opposed to just lining up next to the quarterback in a shotgun, which cuts it in half, basically. Um, Whipple is a, that has that NFL background. He got it. He he knows he got to be able to run the ball. He mentioned the importance of running in the red zone. And then the third thing is the two backs that have now again I haven't seen. I just talked to people who see practice. The two backs that have emerged are two big, tough between the tackles running backs, and that's Anthony Grant and Jack again, Ramirez right in the mix. Um, but I think he'll be end up being a little more situational now. And Gabe Irvin comes back he'll, he's, he's going to be a factor for sure. But Yant and Grant, Grant I would say Grant and Yant um, tell me what I need to know. And, mm-hmm. and I've heard the, I'm listen, Yant Yant's had a good early spring and Anthony grants the real deal in terms of toughness. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying anything beyond that. He's a tough kid and he'll hammer it between the tackles. So, And I think Frost is – I think Frost – go back to what he said in Indy last year um, at Big Ten media days. They had to learn. It took him a little bit probably, maybe a little bit too long to understand what the Big Ten is about compared to the American Athletic Conference. And much of that is it just involves being able to have a formidable run game. He wants it to happen, but I just think the offensive line held that back.
3: Well, let's talk about the offensive line for a sec. And we had an interview a couple of weeks ago, Rob did, with uh, Kevin Williams, the transfer from Northern Colorado. I just want to play a little clip from that here.
4: A lot of points on the board and playing physical. You know, when lose are draw, they're going to fill us in the morning, especially up front.
1: We're coming off the ball. We're running at you. We're here to, you know, be aggressive. We're here to compete. It's going to be a fight all day, all long, all night, you know. So that's really the intent. And that's what I love about Rayella. Uh, even with his technique, he's teaching. You got to be in shape. You know, everything is you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. run. Everything's running. Uh, there's no choppy steps. And uh, it's physical. It's physical football.
4: Hard-nosed, old-school football. And that's what I love. That's what I fell in love with watching as a kid. And that's what I kind of was naturally doing when I would play and I had to kind of go revert back to other habits and techniques. So going back to like,
1: what you kind of know naturally feels a lot better. And I think a lot of guys in the room like it too. Wow, that's good. That's interesting.
3: Physical football. You mentioned on the radio the other day, watching a, a video, a clip of a, a fly sweep motion where they gave the ball to Yant and they double teamed the DN. You said the offensive line tortured the D line on the play. That Yant really looked did. fast and made it to the pylon from the twenty yard line. That kind of play. I mean, we're talking. It's tough. nose. Oh, yeah. it's, it's it's under center. It's double teaming guys. It's it's as Bob Sledge uh, said. We're they're going to be blocking ten yards. And their offensive line drills, not just you know, we're, it, you're moving people out of the out of the lanes. Um, what did you see on that that film clip that you saw there? And what what well, does that look like offensively? I guess does it look physical like Williamson? Yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm here's the deal.
3: Well, that film clip, yeah, the, a guy
1: went left in motion on a in a fly sweep type motion, and the right tackle and right guard doubled the end. And I couldn't tell who the end was. Um, but they put a meet, They put a hardcore double on him, engulfed him, and Yant. Yeah, Yant turned on the Jets. Yant looked really good on that run, and he's look. He's at. I'm telling you, he had a, he's had a good spring. I'm not. I, I know people. I say, oh, there's are simple again doing that hype, <laughs> drinking um, the Kool Aid. No, it's not that. See, I don't. I mean, if a kid's having a good camp, he's having a good camp. I'm not suggesting yeah. they're going to win nine games. Um, and they looked good running the ball um, on that play for sure. They did. It was it was really impressive. And now, as far as the, this whole conversation about them being more physical with Donovan Rayola versus Austin, it's not like a recent, it's not a recent discussion. If you go back in November to the, like the late press conferences during the seat last season, we asked Scott, I asked him at one point, and I think it was, it was either late October or early November like, what are you looking for up front that's not there? And he's just basically, he just said then what he's saying now, which is, I want us to come off the ball and strike people like, like, like we used to do when I play. And we're not, he goes, it's been very, and he said it's been very frustrating. We just can't, we're just not doing it. Now, Austin's style is not to do that. And they, they had philosophical differences. Now, you would say, of course, well, why did he wait till now to make a move? Yeah. Well, the, the, the offensive line really didn't crater till this season. I mean, 2019, 2020, it, 2020, it wasn't that bad. In 2019, it wasn't that bad. When you had Hymas and Farniak, you know, last season in 2020, that in 2000, yeah, 2020, it wasn't that bad. It just cratered this year, and the move had to be made. So that's I, I get it. Austin, and I'm not listen. I'm not Mel for here. I don't. So I don't want. I don't <laughs> like to get too. I don't like to get too technical. But his style was a little bit more. I, I I'd say conservative, where he didn't want to just hammer forward, get off the ball, because what does that lead to? Sometimes bus, and it can it can look ugly if you're not doing it right. But Don, I always say that people got really upset when I said it or they just kind of mocked me. But I stand by it. I, wh- why, do you, why are you confident in Donovan Rayola? And I say because he's a Rayola. I mean, I know, I know Dominic well. I mean, I've stayed in touch with Dominic for 20 years. I talked to Dominic all through this process. I trust Dominic at a super high level. And I know how Dominic played. And I know how his brother goes about things. It'll be different. Do, think about how Dominic played football. Um, he was the most—he was the most vicious center I've covered in you know 30 years. Um, he was vicious. Dominic was a vicious player. It's beautiful, great player though. I mean, him and Richie—you know—those were guys that you just wouldn't mess with. They got to get back to that. I mean, we—I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm always interested. One thing I've been interested in about covering Nebraska it seems like a lot of fans have let their standards drop to where it's like there's this sort of casual acceptance of Nebraska doesn't even look like it used to look like. They don't approach it like they used to look like. And like guys like Dominic are they don't I mean they don't they're not casual about it at all. Like Dominic, I love what he told the guys before the Northwestern game. He said we're gonna close those gates. Nobody's getting out, you know that's the kind of stuff that fires kids up, but they got to hear it, you know. When he said we're, we're we're closing the gates, you know, nobody's getting out of here.
2: A, a sip.
1: That's with, the mentality. That's the mentality.
2: With this transition, do you see any any you know? Hmm challenge on seeing immediate results here will, will it take a little while maybe because i mean it is a i mean to kevin williams point i mean i mean it might just be second nature to him right that's how they grew up playing probably peewee football in high school but a lot of them have you know a, a different philosophy here and and there might be some busts right i mean i'm just trying to temper expectations yeah. on the o-line i hope to see a, a big jump forward but there could oh be yeah talent. i mean yeah i i mean i think
1: I have a healthy skepticism about the whole thing. I mean, I, yeah. They gotta make it work fast. That that's the thing. I can't imagine I mean I it's gotta feel like fourth down over there every day now. And it's mm-hmm.
2: a good way it, to say
1: it. Yeah. And they gotta they gotta make this work quickly. And I don't know what it's gonna I don't know what that's gonna look like. Yeah. It's hard to it's really hard to say in football.
3: There's a lot of focus that's been on the on the physical difference of zone blocking versus what, you know, rail is bringing sure. in there more aggressive. But the reality, a lot of the issues that the offensive line had simply was was mistakes in the past. You know, you start off against Oklahoma, yeah. and it's first and 20 before you even have your first snap and touch the ball because of two pre-snap penalties. You go back to the Northwestern game in 2020, and we've got five penalties on each offensive lineman. each offensive line had one on them in that first half. And you could never get out of your own way. You drive down the field, but you're constantly – moving the other direction too and and that's a problem that that kind of just plagued austin's lines at times and that's you know fair or not that's just that's the way it is now now you know zone blocking dave i think you had a good point on it like a week ago you're like now zone blocking is bad and you know everyone says it's bad no it it works at places too but it does we're we're looking for something different i've been begging for a fullback for five years and guess what i've seen occasionally by watching some pit uh film i've seen a fullback here and there (laughs) oh there you go jason can we (laughs) bring back a fullback you know, so there's we're going to throw the ball, and, and Logan Smothers mentioned that, and Casey's every quarterbacks mentioned that we're going to throw the ball at times. But uh, there's still <laughs> there can be a running game here too, and I, I love the idea of marrying together the best of Frost running offense with uh, with the, the past. I will ask this too: Were you surprised at all, sip, with the types of quarterbacks that that we ended up going after since wiffle has been here? I mean, we've gone after quarterbacks that have some mobility yeah. to them. And I, Mm -hmm. I was, I thought we were going, we were just going to go after, you know, the, you know, stick in the mud, you know, you know, drop back, you know, guy that can't move, and getting Purdy and and getting Thompson in here, that's that's been a pleasant surprise.
1: Well, and and was it what's the kid's name from Massachusetts, William?
3: Yeah, then Watkins Watson Pop Watson. Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, watch. I mean, he reminds me of Tyrod Taylor. I'm not saying I'm not comparing him to Tyrod Taylor, but he reminds me of Tyrod Taylor.
3: Okay, write that down. Tyrod Taylor, simple set. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he does though. And, <laughs> I mean, not a bad comparison. You're no, you're exactly right. I didn't know what to expect. I always keep an open mind on that, but if you watch that kid in Massachusetts tape, yeah, you he's he's a mobile kid. I mean, he can run it. He can definitely run. It. So yeah, I was a little I didn't I guess I don't want to say I'm surprised because I was trying to keep an open mind. Um, It's interesting though. That's an interesting conversation. And again, I feel like, God, I got to tell you, I got to tell you not seeing practice is really frustrating from Mm -hmm. our point of view, because we have, if you go back, I mean, I go back to Tom Osborne, we saw a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. Tom would let us watch, all of the major scrimmages, for instance, and when Tom did it, it was like 100 plays, 120 plays. You'd be there for three hours. You saw so much, though, and so you know you knew a lot. I mean, yeah. you'd walk out of there with a really good good handle. And again, not just one scrimmage, all the spring scrimmages, all the August scrimmages. And then not only that, you saw a lot of practice. Tom would say, you can see the final 15 minutes is 15 minutes, but we'd go over there you know, with 45 minutes to go and see a lot of it. And then every so often he'd wander over and say, you guys are a little early, cut it back. And then we'd cut it back for a while and then go back over early. (laughs) It was the same way with Frank. Um, Callahan, believe it or not, let us watch every practice of his first spring, every minute of every practice. Um, So you got a great handle. Riley let us watch a lot of practice, Mm -hmm. a lot a lot of August, a lot of spring Set, usually seven or eight practices full bow. I can't bow. Let us, we'd watch us some, he cut it back and then frost just whacked it. We don't see anything. So it's really frustrating. You ask what it looks like. I can't, I can't, I don't want to pretend like I'm seeing it. I'm not. So I'm, I'm kind of like you guys. I just, I hear what the kids say. I hear what the coaches say, and I kind of try to put an image in my mind, but I'll be fascinated in dublin let's put it
4: that way well i think a lot of it too i with social media being the way it is and everybody just immediately reacting to everything right like we've now become a society of overreaction as opposed to you know analyzation right so it's like you know that that's that's gonna put a huge damper on it i'm sorry that affects your job because i would have loved to hear some more stuff about things that you've seen in practice right but um, one of the, the question I had too about offensive line and, and um, like, do you, how much do you think too, that some of this play is going to be affected by, by the style of play that Whipple brings, right? Whether it, you know, and we'll just assume Thompson's going to be the starter. So one thing that I've noticed from watching Thompson's tape is that his ability to release the ball quickly, find his receiver, open receiver, go through his, go through his progression, release the ball quickly. How much do you think that's going to affect the overall line play? I mean, in general, I mean, even because, you know, the pass opens the run, the run opens the pass, whatever way, but how much do you think that's going to affect it with a guy like Thompson at quarterback, not to throw anybody formerly at quarterback under the bus and not being able to make the proper reads all the time?
1: Yeah, quick decision maker definitely can make a line look better. Um, How much it affects exactly how how they go about things, I don't know that. I don't want to go too far down the Casey Thompson road either. We'll see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I know what I saw. Uh, uh, you know, I watched all his games. at Texas. Um, he's 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 certainly capable. Um, he's not. He wasn't perfect though. Um, what it, what intrigued me most about him was his balance. Um, and that's why I always look for in athletes is their balance. He's got. He's a tremendous athlete. He can run. And I think what, one of the things that drew him here was that running part of frost offense. I think you will see him run more, much more than he did at Texas. I don't know how it's going to affect that, that offensive line. That's just a big puzzle right now that I don't, you know, we're so early in spring um, six practices. Now there there's a break. I think we'll begin to know more very, as we get close to the spring game, but Mm -hmm. Hey, um, Rob it's it's really hard to tell that kind of stuff right now
4: that's 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 fair I was just curious mm-hmm. and maybe you'd heard no it I, it's, it's a good tonight. question it's a good question
1: and I, I I know we want we all want all these answers that I just right now I just yeah. don't know if they're there
3: well speaking of questions Boomer do we have let's get one last chance for uh some of the questions that have come in any comments or
0: I have another one from uh Jason Stengel he's asking uh we know if there's any other targets of the transfer portal
3: yeah we do know that I can tell
1: you that um I'm thinking back what I heard the other day in terms of uh, priorities.
2: I would say,
1: yeah, priority is his pass rusher. Okay, I'm going to split up pass rusher and defensive lineman, two entities. So probably an interior lineman and a pass rusher. Um, Inside linebacker depth they're looking at, those are three things. And offensive lineman. Um, offensive line man one they want to get another offensive lineman um, in terms of ranking those I'd say pass rusher defensive lineman offensive lineman inside linebacker depth that's anything that's the pri- I know that's their priorities
0: anything else Miller? Uh just any questions about uh, any injuries that we know of this early in spring ball
1: <laughs> well there's one names <laughs> there's one you know what i've heard about fedoni i don't mind saying it um what i heard yesterday and i didn't get any updates today but in part because the old man is off um b- there wasn't a conclusive diagnosis yesterday so i don't know where where that whole thing is i i, I don't know if you saw um thomas fedoni's instagram but it kind of left open he said he's just delayed um i don't know what that means hmm. but um as of yesterday it was
3: inconclusive well, so. we keep our fingers crossed here that's all I can oh god say. do yeah, you I keep mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it yeah if, if nothing else yeah it's a big kid that's already come back from something i'd hate to see it again and again we don't we always say we're not breaking news on the Redcast. that's never our point and we you know we hate to speculate on stuff too but that's Hopefully, well, is it,
1: let me. I'm thinking if there's any uh, any other injuries. I've not heard of anything, anything else. No, that's <laughs> what we were.
3: That's what we
2: were pretty much going for to see if you if you, if you,
4: if you did <laughs> Actually, that. Cause... I'd
2: I'd follow up with the Chubba Purdy um mm. injury. Okay. I mean, do you yeah. feel like that's just like temporary, as in like a couple of weeks, or is just kind of like going to be limited during the spring? We think he's back for fall. Do we have any idea on that?
1: Yeah, we have an idea. Um, what what the situation <laughs> is sort of interesting. The other is Wednesday last week when it was kind of quarterback day for the media and Chubba in his session with the media referred to a, he, he didn't say what it was. I can't remember exactly how he termed it. Um, But then Whipple in his, in his, in his session with the media said it was a foot issue. (laughs) So Whipple kind of spilled the beans. Um, So Chubba has a foot issue, but David, he'll be back March 22nd. So when they resi- they they're on spring break right oh, now. They'll so be back next break. week. Yeah, okay. yeah. So they they don't come back on Monday. I mean the kids will probably be back Sunday, Monday, but mm-hmm. they get back to practice on Tuesday, March 22nd, and Chubba said he plans to be full go at that point. And, and at that point then he enters
3: that fray. You yeah. know, and he could he could make a push. See, Dave. He um, could. He's back. He can have the green jersey I, off. I, I thought maybe week. Whipple oh, right. was
2: talking about his own feet because he likes to do the interviews. <laughs> <I and laughs> know, he's barefoot.
3: Yeah. And what's <laughs> up with that? That's he's <laughs> just. Well, I'm an old man, and it's I the first like, thing I do when I walk in the
1: house is take my shoes off. So who well, was the pro
3: coach that liked feet? What was a? Was that? Oh wrong? God, that was Rex
4: Ryan. Okay, that's yeah, a whole different. Yeah, that's not Ryan, yeah. what we're talking about. No, man. no, totally no, different. And and what was the the quarterback coach? God, all of a sudden now he's his name is is eluding me. Mario. Uh, from Verdusco? yeah Mario, right? Like, do
2: people have Mario. any Mario? How did you forget Verduzco?
4: <laughs> I, cause I'm, cause I'm sitting here thinking about yeah. Whipple's feet. I can't. I, you
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever met Verduzco, you'd never yeah, forget people. him. Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean
4: Verduzco and I could probably hang out and have some edibles and go to a dead and company <laughs> show together all right yeah, like i mean yeah, you honestly they, well like, you I'm live really in colorado s- it's i'm really over, so. i'm really sad i didn't get a chance to talk to that guy because i guarantee you we would have like ended up God, i'm surprised
3: of- you guys didn't have him on well we never had him on i mac and i had chatted with him we'd go to coaches clinics all the way yeah. from solich to the to the first couple of years of frost and so like you were talking about watching practices and everything you know that's it was great to see that stuff um i know uh, you learned
1: so much uh, seriously I mean, I always told those guys, "Don't worry about me." I usually don't even know what I'm watching. But you, you learned. Per- I just learned personnel. I mean, mm-hmm. just knew yeah. who was where, who was where, who was good. As far as what they were running, it didn't mean
3: that much. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned like the Callahan era of practices, and and I've brought it up on the show. But like watching that 200 play, two hour practice they had where Zach Taylor won the spot away from Joe Daly, and it happened during a scrimmage again with no green jerseys on. I just want to be very clear there. Adam Carriker and Jay Moore and Kevin Smith and Titus Adams and Stuart Bradley, just beating the shit out of literally out of the language. Honky. But he would get up and complete the next pass and just kept moving the ball and it's like by the end of the scrimmage, he won the spot. That's, that's the value when I see the value of, of just making sure guys are playing in real football conditions, nothing against Tanner Lee's beautiful pass to the corner in spring game, but that doesn't mean anything if it's not real football being played. And, Right. No, as my recollection
1: guy. of that, though, Matt was they weren't they were green, they were in green a lot of that spring too. I think on that practice, though, so they pulled them off because they wanted to yeah. they needed to determine a starter.
3: Yeah, that's and that's what you do. It's when you need to determine the starter. Once you've got a starter, I, you know you take it off. But I, I'm I'm on a dying you know sword there with that one. We've kept you a long time here, so we're not going to talk no, basketball. I'm okay. If you
1: want to go a few more minutes, I'm well, good. I
3: well, what I want to do at the very least. At the very least, to, to to kind of sum this up here, we have a great graphic designer, Swobes, that does some great work for us. And, and I want to use this graphic, and I think it would lead to something here. Frost has made a point about how we need to get momentum going. He said that going into last season. And then, of course, we have the dud against Illinois. So there's no momentum. Well, here's our first six games, you know, Northwestern, North Dakota, um, whoever number three is Georgia the Southern. Georgia Southern.
2: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that Buffalo? <laughs> Don't give them bulletin board material, honky. Come on. <laughs> sorry.
3: Sorry to Georgia Southern. That, well, who's coached by, uh, the guy from USC, right? Clay Hilton. I'm sure Clay he Hilton. listens to go. the
2: show and he's going to have that up all over <laughs> oh, they the locker, g- right? They're
3: going to be ready, man. <laughs> Oklahoma, Indiana, and Rutgers. Okay. So, you know, of course the, the headline there is, can we start six and zero? and Rob has already said we can go 15 and zero next year. So I know what his <laughs> answer is. I'm going to go around the room here, around the table here, and I'm going to start with—I'll start with Dave, and we'll finish with SIP. Kind of talk about the first six games here, Dave. Where, where are you seeing? What do you—what do you think? What's the most important game in that? And how do you—how do you see that kind of going?
2: Uh, well, you know, no, my—I'm not as optimistic as, as Rob. Um, I'm just looking for us to get to a bowl game um i know I want to lower my expectations but i think you have to start somewhere right and so this year is is getting to there and and moving on so i don't think we can go six and oh i don't think that that will make that big of a jump um but we could we could start off well the the biggest game is the first game you got to go beat northwestern without that then then you're already literally on the hot seat um so you just got to go out beat northwestern um hopefully be three and oh um right and before oklahoma is oklahoma four, game four correct yeah they're yeah i mean that <laughs> yeah. that would be a real opportunity and then you got an indiana rutgers that um you know indiana's beaten us let's let's not take them lightly and and rutgers is probably turning in the right direction so but if you're looking at teams from the east um to get you want rutgers in indiana so I, I could see a four and two yep boomer
0: yeah i've kind of touched on this in prior shows um I think 5-1 and one is kind of what I'd be looking for to call these first six games a success. Maybe it's setting the bar high, but we've talked about how if this team is close and last, last season was kind of some weird statistical anomaly that they lost all those close games and luck should flip another way, you've got to win these games. You've got to win that first game against Northwestern. Like Dave said, that's the key to this. We saw how losing to Illinois kind of derailed last season to start it off. You can't have that again. I mean, that just... Totally changes the narrative and puts you on that hot seat right away, and all the negativity starts coming out right away. You've got the two, you know, the bulletin board games that you're giving them, honky at Georgia State, and, you know, whatever Dakota we're playing. It's North then, Dakota,
2: I believe. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a Dakota. It's all good. Yeah.
0: And then when you're when you're switching out to the Ohio State and Penn States for Indiana and Rutgers because we've been complaining about playing Ohio State so much over the last, you know, ever since we've been in the Big Ten, it seems like we play playing three times a season or so you've got to win these games against those teams that you're switching out for, you know, it, so that's your chance. I think you got to start five and one. That's what I'd like to see. That's what I would call success.
4: Rob. Well, I mean, I know what I said and I, and I know that's kind of my, my shtick there with drinking the Kool Aid. but I mean, obviously I'll agree with Dave and that, and that the, and that the first game is the most important game. And then after that being three, and zero going in, playing an Oklahoma team that that quite frankly has had a more tumultuous off season than yep. Nebraska, right? They've got, they've got an entirely new coaching staff there. Their quarterbacks have gone everywhere. I, I couldn't even tell you who Oklahoma's starting quarterback is where last year I could have tell, told you their first two guys on their roster. So, I mean, there is there's not a reason why we, I mean, after the way that that we played them last year. There's not a reason why we could come back and actually win again this year. All right. Like, and that's my reasoning with that. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but I'm going to say that, you know, I'm saying there's a chance. And then, you know, Indiana <laughs> and Rutgers, hopefully Nebraska comes out four and or three and one at that point playing Indiana and Rutgers. Uh, I mean, those are both two very winnable games against, you know, yes, Rutgers is at Rutgers and, and, you know, they're kind of trying to trend the right way, but they're still Rutgers. So, I mean, I again, I, I think five and one, six and is is not unrealistic because you know I am drinking the Kool Aid. Simple. Oh yeah, I mean, I am.
1: I first of all, you can tell I am hesitant to do this. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you. <laughs> I, I am. I, I just, I, I, I get trapped a lot in these things. I am sort of an optimistic sort. Um,
4: I like you already.
1: <laughs> so, and I didn't think this, you know, we had a good discussion today. I good, just I thought it was a good discussion anyway with Josh Peterson, who kept terming Nebraska as a bad team last year. And I really, mm-hmm. I really took issue with it. I don't think they were. I know what bad, bad is. Um, they were, they were, they were competitive. It wasn't a non-competitive bad team. So my expectations are somewhat high. I mean, I, Come on, what they they destroyed Northwestern last year. I think they should have a, a relatively easy time with Northwestern. From there, though, I'm not, not going to go too far with it because I, guys, I don't know what these teams have. Um, I haven't, I haven't delved into North Dakota or Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but I, I, I haven't. I don't know what they got. Um, I have How's their good nil? Oklahoma out. lost a ton. And I do, I do think Nebraska should be able to compete with Oklahoma. I don't, sure. I just don't see any reason. I don't. I'll just end it by saying this, so I don't ramble. What, what my biggest concern is, and it'll, it'll remain my biggest concern until I see them play in Dublin, is, the, is what they got up front on offense and what they got up front on defense. That's, mm. I'm not that concerned other than that. Um, yeah. But, but that's a big concern. That, mm. What, what do they have up front? i mean that's what it's all
3: about now so i don't know i think what dave said about northwestern's right that first game i I know what it felt like to be in champagne last year and september hasn't even hit you know on the calendar and that season already felt like oh my gosh what did we just get into and that northwestern game against a team that has a 56 to 7 motivation to to prepare for us all off season i have no doubt about that but but it's a I don't want to create more bulletin board material, but we can beat, I think we can beat Northwestern, but we need to. It's not just that we can, that that game is so important. And to your point too, Sip, about, you know, what you're talking about with Jake about last year, last year, bad. I guess that's one way of saying it. I'd call it historic and we've gone over these stats so many times, but literally the only time in college football history where you've had nine losses by uh, single digits. Uh, uh, I would, by I would
1: not con- characterize that as a bad team. I no,
3: eight eight so. losses by one score or less. You know, 239 points scored and 239 points given up in Big Ten play, and yet we went one and eight, which is just mm-hmm. bizarre. All these things. It's It was a historic season on, on crazy levels, one of four teams ever, to not win more than 25% of our games but have a positive point differential. All yeah. those things are – historic and they're historically bad, I guess. I mean, you can say they're bad, but, but they're not bad in the sense of like what we saw the last year of Riley, where you're going down to Minnesota and you're not even competitive. You're not even competing. You're getting bleed just beat up. Or you go nine and four, like we did in 2015, but you're ending a season where bankers talking about, you know, the bloodbaths that they must have in practice because we just can't physically even compete. Dave and I went to to Ohio state and watched the 62 to three debacle. And we were in the top 10. That's, that's not, that's bad. And that's bad yeah, with a ninety-four record.
1: Yeah, those are good points. Those are good you know? points. Well,
3: sip. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, we usually kind of do a parting shot. We allow uh, you know the the guests to do it, and uh, w- basically whatever you want to say. We want to thank you for being on the the Redcast number one. Uh, thanks for doing the live stream here with us, and uh, just kind of let the let the Redcasters out there know uh, what you're doing, what you're up to, and uh, what's your kind of final thoughts on. On uh, going into the off season here,
1: Um, the one thing I'd add to that discussion first of all is another concern I have is we have to be very mindful that Nebraska is playing a Northwestern team with a four uh, is is Fitzgerald in his fourteenth year now. Mm -hmm. You're facing all these damn programs in the the West with so much stability. I mean, if you look at an Iowa tape now of what of the 2021 season it's going to look a lot like it did in 2003 so you're up against that that part that part is very significant to me i don't know if it is to everybody but you have all this newness at nebraska and you're facing all these guys that know exactly what they want what they recruit to there's no questions like we're having so that's Mm -hmm. a chat that's going to be a big challenge for them um, well, I would just say I really enjoyed this. First of all, I did legitimately. I, I, um, I I'm very genuine when I say that. It went really fast. I keep going. I think we better cut it off. But, but <laughs> we, we can go for I'm hours. If that's our problem. We could go. We could go more. <laughs> I'm always me. amazed by guys like you. That it's scary in my position, frankly, because you know a lot of times you just know, frankly, know more than I do. <laughs> I mean, the so. It, it's fine. I run into this at weddings where guys are asking. Questions, I'm like, oh, wait a second. It seems like, you know, more than I do. So this is sort of awkward. But the, um, I'm impressed. You guys have a good handle on it. Um, and that's that's how Nebraska is. The fan base is incredible.
3: You know, I have this vision of like I remember hearing back in the day, like, you know, the Wistrums and Peters. You know, if you go to the bar, watch out because you're the big, tough guy and some big, tough guy is going to come up and try to fight you. Siv, mm-hmm. I get this picture of like Hus- dorky little Husker fans that come up to you at a wedding and just want to like have a Husker geek off with you. Probably me. <laughs> Probably someone <laughs> like me. It's like I'll test your your Husker trivia knowledge. <laughs> no, I don't get that. I okay, don't get that. I
1: just that's- get a lot of good questions from yeah. a lot from a lot of smart people. I mean, it's a great. It's an incredible. I, I know now at this point I sound like I'm over the top pandering, but <laughs> it's a, it is a great. It is a great fan base. Um, coming on things like this are really beneficial to me. I, I wanted you guys to know that it's why I do it. Um, I mean, it, a lot of the reason it is, it's beneficial. I, I need to know what you guys are thinking. Um, it helps me a lot and I get, I glean knowledge out of it too. So I appreciate that. We try. That's I didn't know sure. they, I didn't know, I didn't know what that helmet was in the third game. I mean,
2: <laughs> the most engaged fan base you could ever find, right? It's pretty engaged, isn't it? Yeah, it's that's
1: yeah, how I've made my living. So, yeah, I mean, I always tell the guys, no angle too small, and that makes our lives pretty easy. I can write some stuff that's not all that good and get showered with praise. So, um, well, Ronnie and I always
2: talk about how, um, you know the program will never be allowed to truly drift into you know mediocrity because the fan base won't let it right I mean the, everybody else can mess it up over and over again for the last 20 years but here we are after a three and nine season and here we are more than ever talking about Husker football oh it's yeah this is intriguing
3: season, right?
1: yeah this is sorry to interrupt this is an intriguing as it get I mean I've never been maybe more intrigued than I am right now which is a whole nother podcast, but thank you guys. Well,
3: we'll have cool. You so we'll
4: see you next week then. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sipple will be joining She'll us be next <laughs> yeah, week. Actually, it's, you can find him at, at @redcastsipple on Twitter. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: that would be news to my bosses, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: We don't pay as well. So you may want to reconsider <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Hockey, do you want to go around the rest of the room and, and do other parting shots? Sure. Go for it, uh, Rob. Well, uh
4: Husker Husker baseball. I didn't even see what the final score was, but I do know that they ended up taking game 1. Oh, look at that. It was uh 12 to 6. So they were up 12 nothing. They Ooh. gave up 6 runs. Um <laughs> but that's okay. They had a nice little cushion going, but they did take the game. Um I honestly I haven't been paying that much attention, but I do think that that's their sixth win on the season, Dave. Is that right? Yeah, they're um, correct. They're 6, six and, six and nine. 9. 6 and 9. So you know, just getting back to 500, that's the goal. And then from there, you know, you, you want to win more than you lose, um, you know, and, and Seth, thanks for coming on today, man. I, I, I follow you a lot on Twitter. And sometimes I've, I've uh, we've had a couple of back and forth on there, but it's all in good fun. And and it sounds like you and I are kind of on the same page. So, um, you know, that's all I needed was an ego boost. I really appreciate
1: it. <laughs> well, yeah, don't ever worry about, Picking at me on
2: Twitter, I'm to... <laughs> you On your radio show, they always say "Shut up, Sipple." Here we say "Shut up, Rob." <laughs> <laughs> Is that like
4: what a, we do like like all a, the like time. Said, we have a lot in common, man. Hey, if you're going to be at the spring game, come by our tailgate and hang out, man. We'd love to have you. So, okay, well, thank you, Rob. Thank yeah, Dave, don't I'm
3: gonna I'm gonna ask you to do a
4: no, a I don't do shot. parting shots. You do I already
2: I already said my piece. Tell Byron answer, and I please. Hey, we'll do. See,
3: Byron will remember we, we we were
1: friendly. I mean we he'll remember
4: friendly. you. <laughs> no, he
1: yeah, will. no, absolutely. Yeah, he will. He'll remember me. I remember him very well. Super guy.
4: Hey, real quick, we did have one comment too where some guys called you and Mike Babcock the Mount Rushmore of Husker Columnists. So that's yeah, actually- we're the oldest,
2: so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> right, we, well, Chatel's gotta be on that too.
3: Yeah, Chatel's on that. We've had and Babcock on too, so they've been Good. That's good. I'm glad. Great That's time. good to hear. Those guys are incredible. And Boomer, we'll finish with you.
0: Well, we didn't get a chance to uh, pick Sipple's brain on what his favorite AFL team is, but uh, that season <laughs> does kick off in about five hours. So if you're into that and up really, really late, you can enjoy uh, you know, that game kicking off uh, Melbourne And other shout out today. I'm doing a two two-parter. So since Honky usually does five or six, I'll just do two. And uh, just <laughs> want to give a shout out to the uh, the, the Redcast, other great passion, pro wrestling. Um, noted wrestler Scott Hall passed away this last weekend for those of us in our age and era. He was a big name and was pretty much responsible for the big Monday night wars when I don't think kids today understand how popular pro wrestling was when we were in college. I mean, they would play it in bars when you go down to O street and that's how big it was. And he was a big part of that. You know, you might know him as Razor Ramon or just Scott Hall. Nobody could throw a toothpick quite like him and be that big of a jerk and just kind of a, Great part of growing up and watching pro wrestling. So just our thoughts go out to and his family. All right. And I'll finish off, unfortunately, on another
3: somber note there. But uh, Nebraska track and field today, they they uh, tweeted out that we mourn the loss of legendary sprinter Charlie Green. Passed away Monday at the age of 76. Green was a six-time national champion. First Husker to win the Olympic gold medal and a world record holder. A true
2: Husker legend. So
3: our condolences sent out from the Redcast.
2: Nice job, guys. All right. Well, uh, once again, thanks, uh, Steve Sipple for joining us. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll have you back again soon. Uh, but for now let's call that a go big red cat. <laughs> go big red. VBR. Good job guys.
1: Put Media Production